Hello, I'm Carol Talbot, the creator and founder of The Possibility Hub, taking you beyond the boundaries of who you believe yourself to be and opening up to new possibilities. What gives me a buzz is to make people think and feel differently, to experience the world differently. I love learning, and as a seeker and explorer, I've traveled far and wide, spending over 30 years studying with many wonderful teachers and masters, learning to utilize many different tools, many different techniques to create rapid shifts. I'm the author of You, the Divine Genius, and my passion, my desire, is to create opportunities for an expansion of awareness and consciousness, to allow you to step into a fuller focus of who you really are. This podcast is an advocate for awakening, encouragement, and supporting the development of your superhuman abilities. Just imagine how your life would change if you lived in an open state of awareness where anything is possible. Some years back, a friend of mine who works in the realm of artificial intelligence took me to an exhibition booth where I was invited to put on the latest virtual reality goggles of that time. The moment I put them on, I was transported underwater, surrounded by different types of fish and aquamarine life, until I found myself literally looking into the eyes of a whale. Even though there was a part of me that knew that this was not real, I could still feel my arms moving around to avoid the fish surrounding me. And when I saw the whale so close, I caught my breath. It was all so very real and left a deep impact on me at that time about the potential of virtual reality and what a truly immersive experience it can be. It also made me consider the current reality we reside in. What if we're wearing a type of virtual reality lens that we've forgotten that we're wearing? After all, you can't prove anything exists outside of you. Your whole reality is dependent on your nervous system and senses. You may recall that quote from the Matrix movie where Morpheus says, What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. This is the world that you know. In this episode, I'll be exploring the idea that we might be living in a simulated reality or a complex game. And indeed, this idea has intrigued philosophers, scientists and curious minds for decades. Our very existence is not as straightforward as it seems. And the universe you and I perceive may, in fact, be a simulation or an elaborate virtual construct. Who is running you? Now, your conscious mind is hardwired to constantly analyse, criticise and judge everything that's going on. And one of the best ways to think of your conscious mind 
is to compare it to a computer monitor. So when something appears on the screen, you respond and react to it, right? Except nothing appears on the screen unless your screen is connected to a hard drive. In fact, nothing happens on the screen until you load the programs. The hard drive of a computer can be likened to your unconscious mind. And it's your unconscious mind that holds the programs that you operate from. So essentially, the unconscious mind is a recording and playback mechanism forming the habit mind. And guess what? It's one million times more powerful than the conscious mind. That means the unconscious mind is running you on its autopilot mode 95% of the time based on the programs and patterns that you've got stored on your hard drive. Now these could be programs and patterns installed from early childhood imprinting, conditioning from school, religion, parents, peers. So even when you think you're consciously making a decision, you're not. That decision is based on the decisions you made before and the programs and patterns that you're operating from. Pretty much like a computer's hardware and software programs. It's a widely held belief that by the age of 33, humans become largely hardwired in terms of their behaviour, emotions and responses. Your formative years, experiences and interactions with the world around you have a profound impact on shaping your personality, beliefs and habits. The hard wiring of behaviour and responses at this age is influenced by a complex interplay of genetic predispositions, environmental factors and personal choices. Early experiences with family, peers and societal influences lay the groundwork for how you approach relationships, how you handle stress, make decisions and how you navigate challenges. This hardwiring doesn't imply that change becomes impossible, but rather that it becomes increasingly challenging to deviate significantly from established patterns. It's as if you're operating from a set menu of conditioned responses. So just for a moment consider, does the educating system educate or does it program you with certain beliefs and responses? You know, I often look back at my time at school and wonder if I learned anything of real value at that time. And what is history? Is it just a written program inserted into a simulation revealed at certain times? And does the pharmaceutical cartel really want you to be healthy when actually it prospers when you're sick? Yet consider the education programs to ensure that the first port of call when you're sick is to seek out a doctor or medication rather than looking within to understand the true nature of dis-ease. And then of course you have your five senses of sight, hearing, touch, smell and taste that connect you to a specific reality field because we only see, hear, feel and sense a very narrow bandwidth of information. Yeah, that's right. Your world is simply a very narrow band of frequency. For example, your sense of vision is limited to a narrow band of electromagnetic radiation known as the visible light spectrum, which spans from roughly 400 to 700 nanometers in wavelength. 
Beyond these limits, you can't perceive other types of electromagnetic radiation, such as ultraviolet or infrared, which are readily available to some animals and can convey a wealth of additional information. Similarly, your sense of hearing is confined to a particular range of sound frequencies, generally falling between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. And that means we miss out on sounds that occur at frequencies below or above that range. Your senses of touch, taste, smell are also constrained in terms of the information that they can capture. For example, your sense of taste can only perceive a limited number of basic flavours, while other animals may have a more extensive palate. And your sense of touch is limited to specific types of pressure, temperature and texture, excluding a multitude of potential sensations. Despite the limitations of your senses, you still have to cope with an enormous amount of sensory data. So your brain employs a process called information compression, which means you focus on the most relevant and critical information for your survival and well-being, discarding or filtering out much of the available data. In other words, you miss a lot of what is really going on. There is, of course, technology that's allowed us to expand our sensory horizons, instruments like microscopes, telescopes and spectrometers, enable you to see and understand phenomena outside the range of natural senses, as well as devices like sonar, infrared cameras and radio telescopes to detect information that's otherwise invisible or inaudible to you. So ultimately, your limited sensory bandwidth serves as a reminder that your perception of reality is inherently constrained. And remember that what you do perceive out there is decoded by the brain into the illusion of physicality. There's no out there. There's a wonderful book called The Disappearance of the Universe by Gary Renard. He says your head, your brain, your body, your world, your entire universe, any parallel universes and anything else that can be perceived are projections from your mind. And then author Pao Chang says that the reason you perceive things as solid is because your body and consciousness encode the energy patterns around you as solid. It's at this moment that you're tricked into believing that your reality is made of solid materials. Even Albert Einstein said concerning matter, he said, we've all been wrong. What we've called matter is energy whose vibration has been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. So what is there? Perception. Are you living in a computer simulation then? Now, the concept of living in a simulated reality can be traced back to the philosophical musings of ancient thinkers like Plato, who questioned the nature of reality and the limitations of perception. However, it was a philosopher, Nick Bostrom, 
who argued that if technologically advanced civilizations could create highly realistic simulations of conscious beings, the probability of us residing in such a simulation, rather than in the physical world, could be quite high. The movie The Matrix, it's often cited as a compelling example supporting the idea that you and I could be living in a simulated reality or virtual reality game. In The Matrix, humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a sprawling simulated reality created by intelligent machines. The Matrix serves as an all-encompassing virtual construct designed to keep humans docile and control their perception of the world. So again, you come back to the idea of perceived reality versus actual reality. The characters in the movie initially believe the Matrix is the real world, unaware of their existence as captives controlled by machines. Of course, the protagonist is Neo, who awakens from the illusion of the Matrix and realises the true nature of his existence. Are we currently living in a time when more and more individuals are becoming aware of the simulated nature of reality and seeking to break free from its confines? The process of unplugging from the Matrix can be seen as an analogy for discovering and questioning your own existence within a potential simulation. An interesting point to note here is also when Morpheus says to Neo, the matrix is a system, but when you're inside and you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, you have to understand that most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. Many of them are so inured, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they'll even fight to protect it. What about you? What are you committed to protecting? The Matrix also touches on the concept of simulation feedback loops, where actions within the simulation affect the system itself, for instance, the actions of awakened individuals like Neo can disrupt the matrix and alter its very functioning. Similarly, the hypothesis of living in a simulated reality suggests that your thoughts, your actions and exploration of the nature of reality could potentially influence the simulation itself. The award-winning series Westworld also explores the concept of living in a simulated game. In Westworld, the park is a highly advanced and immersive amusement park populated by artificially intelligent hosts. The guests are able to experience a lifelike world that resembles the American Old West, where the guests can engage in a highly realistic and interactive environment. Now, the guests in Westworld fully immerse themselves in the park, interacting with the hosts and participating in different narratives. They can choose to engage in quests, form relationships, or indulge in various activities, all within this artificial reality. The hosts in Westworld follow scripted narratives, but can deviate from them depending on the interactions with the guests. 
Westworld explores the journey of self-discovery and self-awareness for the hosts and over time, some hosts become conscious of their artificial nature and question the nature of their existence. That's when the maze is presented as a mysterious symbol that both hosts and guests alike seek to unravel. It serves as a metaphor for the exploration and discovery of a deeper layer of reality. Now, as a series, Westworld presents a complex exploration of the relationship between humans, artificial intelligence, and the idea of living in a simulated game or artificial reality. And through its narrative and themes, the series actually prompts you to consider the nature of perception, consciousness, and the boundaries between reality and simulation. I'm just going to interrupt this podcast briefly to tell you about the 11-day Mind Power Challenge. Mental power is creative power. It gives you the ability to create for yourself. And if you want to understand how to utilize your mind effectively for good, then allow me to invite you to a free 11-day Mind Power Challenge. Over 11 days, I'll be sharing with you simple, powerful and effective tools and techniques to awaken and harness the potential and creative power of your mind. It's completely free and you can gain access by visiting www.thepossibilityhub.com. Just for a moment, consider the smart world you live in. There's smart meters, smart cars, smartphones, smart cities, smart homes. The word smart refers to self-monitoring, analysis and reporting technology. Is it really a smart illusion of safety and convenience? Or is it actually tricking you into digital control and surveillance? In fact, the pervasive connectivity, data tracking and automation characteristics of a smart world can create an environment that really resembles a highly sophisticated real-time simulation or game. This data-driven surveillance can make you feel as though you're living within a vast interconnected system where every move is recorded and evaluated akin to the way a simulation or a game tracks a player's progress. And also consider that many aspects of a smart world are gamified, with elements of competition and rewards integrated into everyday activities, from fitness trackers that encourage exercise to loyalty programs that offer points and discounts. It's these gamified systems that can make life feel like a game where you're striving to earn points or achieve specific goals. Advancements in augmented and virtual reality technologies also add to the sense of living in a simulation. These technologies can create immersive digital environments that blur the lines between the physical and virtual worlds, and they further contribute to the perception of living in a game or a simulation. Because smart systems often use predictive algorithms to anticipate your needs and preferences, 
from suggesting what products to buy to which movies to watch. These algorithms can give the impression that the world around you is so finely tuned that it's as if you're just a character in a meticulously crafted simulation. Physicist Silas Bean, along with a team at the University of Bonn in Germany, produced a study concluding that we almost certainly live in a simulation and if that is the case, then humanity wouldn't even be aware of it. Like a prisoner in a dark, dark cell, we wouldn't be able to see the wall of our own prison. Another physicist by the name of Max Tegmark he discovered that the mathematical fabric of our reality is just the same as in computer games. And of course, Elon Musk has become well known for suggesting that we may live in a simulation. So living in a simulated reality or game raises profound philosophical as well as ethical questions. It challenges our understanding of free will, moral responsibility, and the nature of consciousness itself. If your experiences and choices are predetermined or controlled by an external entity, what implications does it have for concepts like personal autonomy and accountability? Moreover, the potential existence of a simulation creator begs the question of their intentions and whether they're beneficial, indifferent, or malevolent. Living in a simulated reality or game is really a thought-provoking concept that challenges understanding of the universe as well as our place within it. And while the topic remains speculative, it certainly sparks intellectual exploration. It invites you to re-evaluate your perception of your reality. And regardless of the ultimate truth, Contemplating the possibility of simulated existence encourages philosophical inquiry, pushing humanity to strive for a deeper understanding of the nature of who you really are and the nature of your reality. Ultimately, you can't prove anything exists outside your own experience, which suggests that everything you know about the world comes from your senses and how your brain processes that information. This means you can't be absolutely certain that things exist independently of your perception. So as I near the close of this podcast, let me share with you the story of Lily, a curious young woman who was always questioning the nature of reality and pondering the possibility of living in a simulated world. So one day, Lily stumbled upon an old, dusty bookstore in the heart of the town. Inside, among rows of worn-out books, Lily noticed a peculiar leather-bound journal. And the journal seemed to call out to her, as if holding the answers to her questions of her very existence. Upon opening the journal... Lily discovered a letter addressed to her and it read, Dear Lily, if you seek the truth, embark on a journey to find the elusive oracle of perception. He will guide you through the realms of simulation and game 
where reality merges with illusion. Intrigued yet fueled by her thirst for knowledge, Lily embarked on her quest and she trekked through enchanting forests, crossed treacherous rivers and climbed towering mountains. And after days of travel, she reached a hidden cave system. Deep within the dark caverns, Lily encountered the Oracle of Perception, a wise, enigmatic figure who resembled a mystical character from a video game. The Oracle greeted her warmly and began to speak in riddles, encouraging her to challenge the boundaries of her perception. As you roam this world, dear Lily, ponder the purpose of your existence. Are you merely a character in someone's grand simulation or a player in an intricate game? The choice is yours to make. With each riddle, Lily's mind expanded until she realised that life itself was an extraordinary adventure, full of trials and tribulations, joys and sorrows, so that whether living in a simulation or a game, the beauty lay in embracing the experience, learning and growing from it. Leaving the Oracle's cave, Lily walked back to her town with a newfound appreciation for the mystery that surrounded her. She understood then that even if life were a simulation or a game, the emotions, connections and growth she experienced were undeniably real. And so I invite you to ponder the fascinating notion of living in a simulated reality or a game and I encourage you to explore your own as existential questions and to embrace the wonder and adventure of life, regardless of its true nature and the extraordinary possibilities that lie within the human experience. Thank you for tuning into this episode and I'm delighted to be sharing possibilities with you. If you want more, then check out the link on my website to the free 11-day Mind Power Challenge at thepossibilityhub.com or tune into my YouTube channels, The Possibility Hub or Carol Talbot for new, insightful videos each week. And if you feel that others can benefit from listening in, then please share, review or like or follow me on Instagram, Carol K. Talbot. And remember, you're always more than you think you are.